words of Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Greetings. Thank you for tuning in. It's the Armstrong and Getty Show. Have you if ever there's seen... one thing we're known for, it's tariffs. Have you Tariff ever... talk, yes? Have you ever seen My 600-Pound Life? Are you familiar with that show on TLC? Oh, no, no, but I'd heard about it. Yeah, the guy died. And um, got that story coming up for you. Also, Sorry to hear that. Maybe uh, on along the same thing, the, the world record holder for how many Big Macs can be eaten is set a new record. So have that for you also coming. <laughs> that is kind of a, yeah, interrelated a story. In. Yeah. Uh, please welcome back to the Armstrong and Getty Show, Jim Tankersley, tax and economics reporter for the New York Times. Uh, we've been talking to Jim uh, from his days at the Washington Post. He's uh, written for Vox and, and many others and joins us now. Hey, Jim, how are you, sir? Hey, I'm great. How are you guys? Well, our, our goal this morning is to drive away every listener we've ever had by discussing tariffs. And uh, well, uh, it's always my goal when I'm on with you guys. <laughs> it's a, well, tariffs are a passion of mine. I mean, I I have two sons named Smoot and Holly. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, everybody who enjoyed that joke. I'll join you for a, a glass of wine later tonight. Uh, so, Jim, I have kind of a contrarian point of view about the announced, the kind of hastily, suddenly, surprisingly announced tariffs um, that the president announced yesterday. But why don't you give uh, folks a broad overview who aren't following this stuff? Oh, wait. Wow. I'm excited to hear your contrarian view, in part because I'm not sure what the consensus view is. Oh, okay. So this is great. Um, well, whatever it is, by God, I'll oppose it. <laughs> so, the president, so the president is upset in general about steel making and aluminum making and the uh, what he believes is unfair foreign competition in those uh, spheres. This is something that um, presidents have talked about for a long time. President Bush uh, did something about it for a little while, George W. Bush. Um, the Obama administration talked a lot about it. But the, the President Trump is decided, and you said, in somewhat of an impulsive announcement yesterday that he is going to levy tariffs, which are taxes, basically, on imported steel and aluminum, which means that if we bring in steel from China, which is a place that he's very worried about, or more likely Canada, uh, or several other trading partners, it's going to be 25% more expensive because of the tariffs and 10% more expensive for aluminum. With the hope that what happens? With the hope that it revitalizes the American industry, that what happens is, is because you know the foreign uh, the foreign competition is more expensive, that more people companies you know like you know you and me walking down to the steel store every day, right? Uh, we consume more American steel, and that that then uh, boosts job creation and investment in steel in America. And, I buy a couple uh, of girders a year. Good man. Yeah. Way sure. to support the country. Well, and, you know, as you alluded to, Jim, the, the argument is one of, it's not purely up with America, it's one of fairness, because China artificially subsidizes their steel industry in a way they're not supposed to, then they dump cheap steel uh, in the United States. And we don't actually buy all that much Chinese steel, but I have a friend in the business who says, yeah, they absolutely illegally subsidize it and route it through other countries to give themselves an unfair advantage. Um, right. And and the president's saying, you know, we've been putting up with that for a long time in the name of, you know, broader trade success. We're not going to anymore. Right, exactly. And remember, just because something we don't buy a lot of Chinese steel doesn't mean that the presence of Chinese steel in the market doesn't bring down prices for everybody. It's a global market. So if, you know, there's one competitor that's a lot cheaper suddenly everybody has to lower their prices. And so that's exactly how uh, that might work. And, and that is absolutely what you just described is the way that the president has been talking about trade since he first announced his candidacy and uh, absolutely the way that 
um, you know, a lot of Democrats, in fact, have been complaining about China for a long time. Not to put you on the spot, but what's the history of trying this sort of thing? So we tried it in 2002, like I mentioned, um, George W. Bush did. They put steel tariffs on. Those were different, though. Those were more narrowly targeted tariffs than the ones that we see now. Um, And the general consensus in the economic literature is that they saved um, some steel jobs, like they maybe helped create some new steel jobs, but at a very high price to consumers. And uh, possibly, depending on which studies you read, that gain in steel jobs was offset by a loss of jobs in other areas where prices were higher. And so, um, you know, people had less work. Jim Tankersley of the New York Times is on the line. You know, the the conventional wisdom that I was referring to, that I was going to uh, be contrary to, was that uh, trade wars never work. Trade wars are never a good idea. Uh, Tariffs are counterproductive and only invite retaliation. Uh, et cetera, et cetera, which which is, you know, it's it's the truth, but it's not the whole truth. Uh, I just think um, I think the president's right that we have put up with a lot of cheating because to call, you know, I, I play a lot of golf, Jim, and I know there are guys who cheat. And and some of them, I just, I don't get why they do it, that they shouldn't. It's a kink in their character. But if you called them out every time they nudged the ball, it would degenerate into an ugly experience as opposed to rolling your eyes and calling wins. Just so, just so you can finish the round of golf and go have a drink. And I think America has been too patient with the with the cheating of other countries in the name of the greater good. And I just think the president's saying, all right, enough's enough. I'm going to move it a couple of notches toward China obeying the rules, uh, which brings me to my next question slash thought. Isn't this all going to work? get worked out through the World Trade Organization before anything really happens? Yeah, it is. I mean, I would point out that I, I am not good enough at golf to cheat at golf, so I don't really know exactly what what, what you're talking about. about <laughs> well, I know a thousand but, tricks, Jim, that I never uh, employ. <laughs> but um, but I would say that yes, the w, the WTO is going to um, end up being the arbiter of a lot of this. It could people, you know, other countries could complain to them, uh, file complaints over this uh, tariff, and and they could rule it you know, outside of the bounds. And then that sets up, that's where the real potential for a trade war starts in the minds of a couple of economists I've talked to, which is, hey, if the WTO rules against the United States and the United States says, eh, nope, uh, you're wrong, we're not going to obey your ruling, then that creates all sorts of new chaos in the global trading system, which sort of depends on this arbiter, independent arbiter, to keep functioning by the rules. And so if that happens, I mean, everybody could just start, you know, um, retaliating toward each other with new tariffs, new, and, and that's, that is the exact trade war scenario that people worry about. I do think we're a long way from that. Certainly just, just these tariffs aren't going to start a trade war. But I think what is worrisome to many Republicans and to a lot of economists that I've talked to is that, you know, this is a step toward that. Mm. You, you, you left the Washington Post for the New York Times. Is the New York Times higher on the pecking order in terms of prestige? Uh, they are, uh, look, uh, the, <laughs> I, I don't question. see it that way. I just wondered. Totally unfair. No, oh, I, that I is incredibly unfair. No, oh, yeah, I Jim, like, I wouldn't uh, answer. You know, well, you're an economics guy. What do you like better, supplier demand? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. No, look, I'm a Dodger fan, and uh, and uh, it feels like the Dodgers and the Yankees, right? Like, um, And so they're, gotcha. just, they're in different places. They're both uh, superpowers, and, and they're both incredibly fun to, you know, play on their team. And I just happened to get a gig here that I really like. That's the way yeah. I view it from here. I just didn't know. Yeah, yeah, and good for you. We're happy 
for you. Yeah, you're good. You're no doubt about that. Yeah. So listen, uh, when it uh, the trade war begins and we're all growing our own crops and tanning our own leather and sewing our own clothes, I guess <laughs> yeah. we'll have you back on. We'll we'll talk about it. I'll, I'll join via like telephone string can thing. <laughs> we'll have to write us a letter. Yeah. Jim Tangsley, the the New York Times. Hey, thanks a million, Jim. Thanks, guys. Always thanks. fun. Thanks, Take buddy. Care. Bye. He's uh, he's good. Hit him with so, an uncomfortable personal question. Yeah, that's where. <laughs> Why'd you leave you your last wife? Is this new and hotter, or what's the deal? So, uh, wow, wow, really, really uncomfortable. Um, as usual, I think just the the news you get from cable news and just all the news business, everything's got to be urgent. And this is a hell of an interesting move, but it's to me it's a preliminary uh, negotiating move, and I think everybody's probably going to be fine. The example I used earlier, Trump went hard uh, with some really uh, out there talk about NATO, and he got people to pay more money. Yeah, that that was a great example, yeah. Which was his goal all along. So have we posted yet at armstrongandgetty.com the life-sized gold statue of Harvey Weinstein on his casting couch? That somebody is erected in Hollywood. Well, the artist Plastic Jesus. It's Harvey Weinstein in an open robe. Right. Sitting on a casting couch. And with slippers and what looks to be silk pajamas. With an Oscar. And right. A, Gesturing that you should sit down next to him. It's really great. Not and right in time for the Oscars. Not far from where the Oscars will be held. And what's you know interesting about it, of course, is practically everybody in Hollywood knew that's who he was last year. Right. When he was treated like Gad worshipped from the stage. You know what might be, I'll bet it exists online. I was going to say it might be a worthy endeavor uh, is to string together all the fawning thanks to Harvey Weinstein through the last, say, 10 years of the Oscars. Just one after the other on tape. And I want to thank Harvey Weinstein. Harvey, for all your support. We couldn't have done this without you. That'd be enjoyable to hear. Harvey Weinstein set off this whole Me Too thing, which probably helped get rid of the the, the pervos in uh, gymnastics, and hopefully he's going to lead to swimming also. Maybe. The whole thing. As we all recognize in all these industries, there's way more pervos and putting up with it than than any of us thought. Final very serious note, because we have to do clips of the week in just a moment or two. We put it off a little bit, but we talked to Jancy Thompson earlier, former Olympic hopeful swimming, about that horrific situation in... uh, in USA Swimming, and she had been trying to get somebody to listen for a very long time, and now people are listening for some reason. It's weird the way society moves. Yeah, I hope we can keep it that way for a while. Yep. Cups of the Week, it's a good one. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. nation. Greenberry. I like your idea from earlier, my uh, son's birthday party, figuring out what to do with his friends over for the night. Mm. I just have them weed and teach them the value of good work, good hard work. That's right. Might be the best weekend of their lives. They'll thank me for it when they're older. Oh, they'll hate it at the time. They'll cry the whole day. They'll say, let me call my parents so I can go home. But they'll thank me for it when they're older. And those parents will thank you, too. 
What? Johnny came home. He's got a new spirit. He asked me what chores he could do. And $5 in his pocket. Right? After a day of weeding. Eight hours of labor. $5 seems fair. <laughs> Teach kids a valuable lesson. Uh, so listen. You, you know uh, what part of the problem is? What is it? The last time, it was I guess it was a year ago, these very same friends came and stayed the night. I put on a fabulous Oh, weekend. my God, you've got to live up to yourself. And, you you uh, got to outdo yourself. And people were saying things like best sleepover ever and that sort of thing was being thrown around. <laughs> and you, uh, you weren't saying that. Other people were. Yeah, yeah. right. It was being thrown around, and, uh, and I went big. The society pages were a buzz, and for some reason this year I feel like I got nothing. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> this year everybody's leaving. What happened? Yeah. yeah, you can go Michael Jackson and give him some Jesus juice. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> oh boy! So listen, we put it off because we talked to Jim Tankersley about the fascinating, fascinating topic of tariffs. But it's time to take a fond look back at the week that was. It's cow clips of the week. Everybody looks like the Terminator and can throw a javelin right in the middle of the sun, right? I'd watch that. Maybe gold for the U.S. Can he get it? He can! Five on the board for Team USA! We've got to do background checks. If we see a sicko, I don't want him having a gun. We've got to give him immediate access to taking those guns away. And if you don't like boobs, you should not go see Red Sparrow. I believe that President Putin has clearly come to the conclusion there's little price to play here. Bingo. He's going to be getting a $10 million retirement package if he can jump up and catch it with his mouth. <laughs> and number one, oh my God, thanks to Chris Pratt. How sweet was that? Star-Lord praying for me. Um, but number two, um, yeah, please don't fight over stuff like that. It's a waste of time. Because they want illegal aliens to vote, but they don't want you to know about it or complain. That is called fraud. Wait, do you want me to put your shoes back on for you? Do it in the break. You don't mind, do you? <laughs> no, we can no I, just, I just... I'm a mom. I can uh-huh. do that. No, but... That Kevin Smith clip, please don't fight over stuff like that. It's a waste of time. Should make its way into the intro or the outro. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, amen to that. Is anybody keeping track of these? All my brilliant ideas? Somebody needs to write down my brilliant ideas. Because it'll just disappear into the ether. So many before them. So Kevin Smith has a massive heart attack. Yeah, I like my neck valve idea. Right. Just as a for instance. Uh Uh, Kevin Smith has a massive heart attack, almost dies. Somebody says, I'm praying for you. Somebody responds angrily to that online. How unhappy are you? How pathetic are you? That you have a single second of your life to lash out at those who are praying for movie director Kevin Smith. So here's a story that's getting a little bit of attention. We've all heard about identity theft, but we're not usually talking about this. She called me. Oh, I'm going to bring you like very delicious cheesecake. When I eat that cake, I feel right away very, very sick. I like lose my vision. Civic tells us her landlord discovered her unconscious in her bed, dressed in lingerie with pills scattered around her. Unconscious in my bed, dressed in lingerie? Is it Saturday night already? (laughs) 
Here's... Well, I was going to say, I've eaten cheesecake till I've gotten sick and passed out, too. What's, <laughs> what's so special about this gal? Here's the interesting story. This attractive 40-ish-year-old woman meets another woman who, who has a lot more money than her, who looks just like her and decides, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to come up with a way to kill her and then just become her. Yeah. And literally steal her identity. I mean, not just like... You know, I'm online doing, but I'm going to pretend I'm, I'm her. with you. I'm going to pretend I'm her. Right. And so she she makes this person she's befriended. They're about the same age. They look very similar. Yeah. And uh, and makes her a cheesecake with tranquilizers in it. And uh, when cheesecake doesn't need tranquilizers, <laughs> you have a slice of that. You can't move. <laughs> but go on. And uh, then when the woman passes out. She puts her in her bed, uh, in her underwear, and scatters pills around to try to make it look like she committed suicide, assuming she was going to die. And then she was just going to, she had all the information and numbers and everything she needed to steal the woman's identity and just go about living her life. Wow. Heck of a plot. That's crazy. So the the one gal didn't die, obviously. Didn't put enough poison in there, apparently. They're calling it the cheesecake murder. Mm -hmm. Anything missing from that story, Sean? No, that's about right, but Mm -hmm. it's... When I first read it, I, th- I just thought it was she saw somebody who looked like her and had the very normal reaction that I would have. Be like, no, I'm the real one. I must eliminate this imposter. Mm. Mm. Clearly, you know, you're the... more insidious than that. Yeah. I know I'm not evil, so you must be evil because that's the way things work in the comic books. Exactly. <laughs> I'm the good one. Nice. Um, so this uh, the 35-year-old ate the 42-year-old's cheesecake and... Uh, started to feel sick right away, laid down, passed I will out. eat your cheesecake. <laughs> Sorry, the Oscars are coming up. But once again, I've done that too, eating the cheesecake, laid down, passed out. Oh, God, I think I'm going <laughs> to die. Oh, never again. Honey, I feel like I'm going to die. And I say to my wife, if I ever say I want cheesecake again, punch me in the throat. That's what I always right. say. Right. Why didn't I just eat a little slice? A little slice is great. I Well, I eat a little slice, then I eat another little slice. Oh, boy. Then another little slice. Because somehow I'm fooling myself into thinking I didn't actually eat one big slice. Is it possible you have a double somewhere who's been trying to kill you? <laughs> possible. That's quite a story, though. There you go. Didn't work out. Sorry to hear that. No, I'm not sorry to hear that. It was an insidious murder plot. Mm-hmm. So getting back to our friend from Germany who wants to bring his, oh, he's going to have two little kids in tow. But he wants to drive the byways of America and get to know America, over the course of, I think, a month. If you want to get to know America, that's the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I love that idea, man. But go to Key West, then drive through Maine. And then, I don't know, hop on a plane and and, and drive from, I don't know, Atlanta? Go through Mississippi. Go to Louisiana. Is the Route 66, is that still like a thing? Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, of course. Sure, you can ride, drive that. Yeah, good. then to, to take Utah to Yosemite. You can drive highway, highway 50 from coast to coast. From Sacramento to Maryland. It's hard to even choose. So many choices. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Looking more and more like new gun legislation is dead in the water. How the First Lady got... Really? God, that's amazing. How the First Lady got into the country and get Ah. ready for another major change in the way you buy everything. Stories coming up minutes from now. Armstrong and Getty. The beginning of this week, gun legislation seemed like something was going to happen. And now you're thinking nothing's going to happen. Oi. Well, we'll have the latest on that. In just a few minutes on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Dating can be...
Nerf gun fight. That is a very popular one right now. My kid has been to a few of those birthday parties. The Nerf mo- wars. The, the modern Nerf gun is amazing. Yeah. What they've come out just within the last couple of years. They fire these Nerf bullets, but you have to have eye protection. I mean, it's a serious projectile. The imagery is just a little troubling right now. Of course, mm-hmm. eight-year-olds aren't big on imagery nor tie into the headlines. But I'm not sure any of them are even aware it happened. Good. Yeah. But we might do that. That's a good time. The art of defending yourself. Hmm? Hand-to-hand? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. As soon as you run out of bullets, here's your knife. Run at them. <laughs> wow. Never. <laughs> Fix bayonets. Eight-year-olds. <laughs> Lances. Never underestimate the effectiveness of couch yeah. cushions is a good fort to hide behind. Oh, yeah. News now with Marshall Phillips. Well, the president's back and forth on gun legislation's not letting up. President Trump praising the NRA following a meeting with the gun rights group. Trump tweeting that he had a great meeting last night with the NRA in the Oval Office. And a top official with the uh, National Rifle Association came away from the session with the same feelings. He was tweeting out that both the president and Vice President Pence support the Second Amendment, support strong due process, and do not want gun control. All this coming after an earlier meeting this week with legislators who came away with a feeling the president was willing to actually back a number of gun control measures. House Democratic leader Nancy Pelosi saying there's growing public sentiment for what she calls gun safety rules. Public sentiment is everything. With it, you can accomplish almost anything without it, almost nothing. And the public sentiment is here. The president reads that very clearly. Well, that was then and this is now. And congressional leaders are so confused as to what the president will back. Debate on gun control legislation in the Senate has been dropped. So is there any chance, this is a cynical view of it, I don't know if it was this thought out, but is there any chance that, you know, Trump gets the credit for wanting to do something, first Republican that's willing to, uh, you know, do something about uh, on the gun issue, while nothing happens... So the gun crowd in the NRA will still back him. Does he get it both ways, in effect? Well, yeah, There's uh, you can't deny what you've just said, but if I might take the boring and unpopular view of this, um, I think it's interesting that the president is now the super legislator, that the legislators are afraid of proposing anything or writing a bill or... Or, or unable to get it passed without the president saying, yes, I like this. It's just an interesting evolution of our system. For a co-equal branch? Yeah, they, theoretically, they sh- yeah. The, the Congress ought to hash this out. They ought to pass what they think is right. Then the president signs it. Then he's in charge of implementing it. But he's not the speech maker. He's not the law right. writer. I have a new report about Melania Trump, how she entered the U.S., Ah, yes. This story needs to be told, Marshall. Yes, Melania entered the U.S. on an Einstein visa. The Washington Post is reporting the First Lady entered the U.S. in 2001 from her native Slovenia on a green card visa designed for people with extraordinary abilities that is dubbed the Einstein visa. Yeah, it's the something 103C slash A, but it's nicknamed the Einstein visa for like a super achiever in a technical field or something like that. Researchers, business executives, and artists. Artists, uh, musicians, that sort of thing as well. Yep. Trump, who uh, and evidently she's in the top two or three percent of hot in Slovenia, <laughs> so that was considered worthy of uh, you know 
Bringing her in. So how and why she? not? Let's hotten up America. You ever been to the mall? There's a lot of ugly people running around. We need wow. more. We need to import some hot. We need to hotten up America. Uh, anyway, uh, Melania, who was then Melania Nas, was a model at the time who'd appeared on runways and in Sports Illustrated swimsuit editions. Oh, yeah. So that, How old was she when she came well, to this country? it was 17 years ago. What is she now? 40, 47, I'm going to guess, for the yeah. ease of math. So, so she's about 30? Yeah, about 30 years old. So anyway, an Einstein visa got her in. All right, my friends, get ready now for another sea change in the world of retail. USA Today is reporting that shifting sales from stores to laptops is moving rapidly to where shoppers will be asking Amazon's Alexa and other voice-driven speakers to order just about everything. Alexa, I want everything. Is Alexa ordering everything right now? Alexa, Am- order 50 pounds of black licorice. For some reason, we use Am- we buy stuff off Amazon all the time. We have an Alexa Echo. We, we haven't ordered. We haven't used it for that yet. All nah, we do with it is like play it. music. I don't like it listening to me all the time. I'm ooged out by the thing. Uh, yeah, I do the same thing. My son loves it. He's got he's the one that has right. one. He has it in his room and he listens to music at night. It's so cool. I would have loved that as a as a young man. Any any song in the world, I just say I want to hear it and it plays. It's a miracle. Well, get this. Sales are projected to leave from two billion dollars to forty billion dollars within four years. Mm. As the technology improves and the speakers become as commonplace in homes as a flat screen TV. Oh, I don't doubt it. Everybody will have this sort of thing in a number of rooms of their home. It'll just yeah, it'll just become our lives. Yeah, I'm resisting it as to not get uh, pranked by one of my favorite radio shows if one of the people were to say, for instance, Alexa, buy as much paper towels as you can. <laughs> and do it now. The Oscars on Sunday, Jimmy Kimmel's going to be hosting, and a really big news, Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway returning to present the Best Picture Award. <laughs> That's oh, pretty delightful. funny. That's a fu- I, I didn't realize uh, the Oscars had that sort of sense of humor yes. about themselves. Yeah. They made history last year when they famously announced the wrong film as best picture. Here's the gag. They'll announce that same film again. Probably so. That's right. Yeah, everybody and everybody will laugh. laugh. Oh, oh. And then they'll announce the correct one. <laughs> and they'll say, Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel's a pretty funny guy. Yeah. They might come up with a bit. Anyway, the Oscars on ABC is going to start at 5 p.m. West Coast time, and the red carpet starts at 3.30. Wow, boy. Good way to spend your time. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation i'm kind of interested oh we need the eagle i want to squeeze the eagle so do i there you go i kind of want to see what a four million dollar dress looks like that jennifer lawrence is going to wear i just don't know what that would be you just wearing gold bars around your neck all bent over covered in (laughs) straggling along covered in diamonds diamonds Is she nominated for something this year, or is she just a presenter? Uh, Probably just a presenter. Yeah, gotcha. And I'm really getting into dog training. I'd watch a dog training awards show. Guys demonstrating what they can get their dogs to do. Rather watch that than the Oscars. (laughs) Joe's ongoing list of things he'd rather do than watch the Oscars. It's quite long. It's extensive. Oh, yeah. Hey, we got some... It's virtually anything. (laughs) We got some submissions... For uh, our announcer for final thoughts, we'll go through a couple of those coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Greenberry. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't care if Monday's 
article yesterday revealed that President Trump has a nickname he uses around the White House for Attorney General Jeff Sessions. He calls him Mr. Magoo. Now, for anyone unfamiliar with Mr. Magoo, congratulations, this means you're young. Your whole life is ahead of you. For those of you who do know Mr. Magoo, it's pretty funny. <laughs> Gordon, amusing. I, I like that. For once. You know what? That was good enough. Let's hear our other joke that you've selected. President Trump is planning to meet next week with members of the video game industry as part of the discussion over school safety. He's also very interested in taking a look at Mario's immigration papers. <laughs> Pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. What's the biggest draw in professional sports? Sports? Sports. The biggest draw? In professional sports that uh, everybody wants to see the Golden State Warriors when they come to your oh, town. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, people want to see them at home, too. And the season after next, the Golden State Warriors move to their new home. And, jeez, what if everybody's hurt or gone by then? That happens sometimes. You build a stadium based on a really great team. And yeah. They, and everybody buys really expensive tickets to watch yeah. a mediocre team. But, <laughs> um. There are 43,000 people currently on the wait list for season tickets. Oh, wow. What's the capacity of the stadium? 18 grand. Wow. So every seat is spoken for almost three deep. Yeah. Wow. Well, and by the time you got through the first two layers, it would be spoken for, you know, many times over. A lot of long-time season ticket holders are featuring one person here who's been a season ticket holder since 74. She's watching uh, Rick Barry play. Um, uh, giving up their seats because they're getting way expensive. Yeah, that happens too. Yeah, gentrification of sports seats. Hey, real quickly before we get to the would be final uh, final uh, thoughts announcers, I've mentioned a couple of times Matthias from Germany and his family that want to come mention uh, visit the U.S. in a couple of years. Blah blah blah. Um, and uh, he'd corresponded about his little boy, his baby, who had two malfunctioning kidneys Oof. that I'd, I brought up earlier, I think, when he wrote about it months and months ago. But he's doing great now, really doing really, really well. He, uh, Mateus uses the show to teach his little boy English. They listen to the show in Germany to learn English. Little boy's favorite part of the show, Marshall squeezing the eagle. There you go. It's the highlight for little Leopold. So, uh, uh, best wishes, Leopold. Glückwünschen. Kid's going to say ain't a lot if he's learning English from me. <laughs> um, I reckon he'll say ain't. So, uh, here are some of our finalists for people who want to be our announcer. Let's hear one. My mom always said, final thoughts was like a box of chocolates. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. That's pretty good. It's good. It's, it's a little a, slow. Good for, like, well, like so that. is Forrest Gump. Yeah, yeah, right? It's good for accuracy. There you go. Not sure if it's the flavor we're looking for. <laughs> here's, an, here's another one. God dang old wall, dang final thoughts, man. Well pulled off a boom hour from Hank from King of the Hill imitation. I like that one. Not real timely. A little rich little doing Nixon-ish. Do you have a Howard Sprague? Boy, you got to be old to get that one, but wow. come on now. Uh, wow. All right, here's the uh, the third of the fourth submission. I'm trying to hear final thoughts with Armstrong and Getty. Ha! 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 Hmm? All right. I but I appreciate the effort and the enthusiasm. Is that all four? No, the, the, here's, okay. the, here's, here's like the fourth one. <laughs> Thoughts. 
Oh, nice. Wow. Nice. Man, that was a uh, lot yeah. of notes really fast. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, I like that one very much. I'm sorry, you get any final thoughts? That's all I sent you guys? I thought I I'd like sent that. more than that in recent days. Those are the four I got. I guess Michael's got another one. Yeah, here's one oh, more. Yeah. All right. I'll go ahead and hit it. And now, final thoughts with Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> He just shouted. <laughs> just bellowing. Just yelling. That is. In a, like artificially low voice. Uh, anyway, well, so we added some new ones, I guess. Uh, is that what we've done now? Well, we're auditioning them. We are still taking more submissions. If you would possibly like to be one of our final thoughts announcers, send them to mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Yep. Um, you can actually, you know, as long as we're talking about emailing, if there's something we ought to be talking about, you see it. Send it. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. So I mentioned yesterday I talked to a former cop who said he's not sure if he'd have gone into the school with an active shooter, blah, blah, blah. blah, And uh, we got this reaction listening to your podcast about your cop friend. Um, He needs to turn in his gun and star, period, if he doesn't think, if he even questions whether he'd go in. I got a uh, very high up law enforcement friend who uh, emailed me the other day and just was like outraged over the idea that people wouldn't go in. Mm-hmm. And he's 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 not young. He's got kids, and he just he just can't even imagine there would even be a question of whether or not you'd go in. You know, I'm kind of interested to hear whether the story develops at all. Of that one uh, Scott Peterson geek who did not go in the school in Florida. Um, it's coming out that they might have been ordered not to go in. And uh, I the reason I. Uh, I'm at least willing to wait and see, is the Jack Armstrong principle of virtually everything you hear in the immediate aftermath of a huge story turns out to be false. Well, if I were him, I would be out here telling my story. Well, before he, the he's whole got world. his lawyer making up thin-sounding excuses, so I'm not saying I've jumped to a conclusion. Before right everybody now. memorizes my name and makes me, <clears throat> I become the the word to, to replace the word coward for right. all of history. Yes. I'd get my story out there. Yeah. Well, that ma- that uh, not the mayor, the uh, the sheriff has got to go, a- and more attention needs to be paid to the policies of not arresting students. I have more on that. We'll talk about it Monday. Here's your host, Joe Getty. All right. Let's get a final thought from Michelangelo. Michael. Yeah, I'm going uh, gold panning this weekend, and I'm hoping I get enough gold to get me some gold teeth. Two on the top, two on the bottom. There you, there you go. It's good to have goals. <laughs> Positive Sean, your final thoughts. Yeah, to summarize my rooting interest for the Oscars this weekend, anytime Lady Bird or Gets Out w- Get Out wins, I will be happy. Anytime that The Shape of Water, the movie about pesciality wins, I will be sad. <laughs> pesciality? I've never heard that. <laughs> Uh, Marshall Phillips, your final thought. Well, I gotta tell you, before we close out this work week, once again, for children of all ages, time to squeeze the eagle. <laughs> ah, that sound is patriotism. Jack, your final thought? Birthday sleepover at my house over the weekend with eight-year-olds and our six-year-old. Um, I gotta figure out how to entertain these kids. I'm, I'm, I'm seriously low on ideas. I think I turned the heat up high, slip them Benadryl. When they wake up on Sunday morning, I tell them all the fun stuff we did. What, you don't remember? Drop them off at their parents' house. Wow. 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 This this is our last show, folks. Uh, And my final thought is I'm not going to see Lady Bird. If I want to see a movie about a first lady, I'll see one about Bess Truman. Now, she was a hottie.
Good-looking woman, sturdy too, down to earth. Sturdy, sturdy. So, she, you know, as good in a, a party dress as she was behind the plow. Boy, that sort of woman. Every woman likes to be called sturdy. Um, <laughs> yes. So you yeah. you had committed last year to never watching the Oscars again. Right. I I stand ready to fulfill that vow. <laughs> I'm seriously, physically disgusted by the idea of watching. I'll do what I've done my whole life. I'll take in the opening monologue and then the final big four categories. For some reason, it's not like I watched any of these movies because I got kids. But someday I plan to watch some of them. The last few years I've watched with the purpose of taking in how terrible it is so I can talk about it on the show. But... Uh, like uh, I don't know. I just I've had too much. It's it's. Uh, I'm scarred. I'm sickened. I, I'm not sure I can do that anymore. Jack, you I've did, seen too much. You did see Boss Baby, which was nominated for Best Animated Film. Hey, now there you go. Yeah. I remember. I reviewed it. An instant classic. Alex, ba- <laughs> Alex Baldwin. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Oh, do go to ArmstrongandGetty.com and drop us a line. Let us know what you think. If we ought to be talking about something, have a great weekend, huh? If Warren Beatty screws up again, we'll have it for you Monday morning. God bless America. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from Mount Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. Now the time has come to go. If this still cop was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! (laughs) Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West. 